everybody, and welcome to the Bama U Bracket Round 1 Results Show. We are live to tape from quarantine. I'm Gray Robertson on the phone. My partner, Tom Canterbury. We went through the bracket earlier this week, and now, Tom, it is time to announce our votes as well as the first round results. Are you excited? I'm very excited. This has been a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of interaction. I'm enjoying seeing the actual participants getting involved and talking to each other and uh, doing all sorts of things on the Twitter and talking about old memories, and there's been a lot of fun going on on Twitter right now. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm kind of Twitter friends now with Kelsey Dunn. She's been very involved in this. Yes. And a lot of other players. And then there was, of course, the battle of the no please after use between (laughs) Bailey Hemphill and Jennifer Fenton were saying, no, 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 vote for Bailey. No, vote for Jen. (laughs) They both tried to bow out quickly, and we would not allow it. It It was very polite what they did. Yeah. All right, so here's how we're going to do this, folks. And keep in mind, this is a results show. We're not going to tweet out the bracket and just give you a free pass from listening to the podcast. Oh, no. The bracket will be tweeted on Monday. That's when Sweet 16 matchups will start. So if you want to find out who wins, you got to listen to the whole darn episode because we are cruel and unusual with our punishments. So... And uh, as we said, we're in quarantine. What else are you going to do? Exactly. I mean, you know, you can only watch reruns of Law & Order SVU for so long. So (laughs) let's dive in. We're going to go region by region, matchup by matchup. We're going to make our picks for each one, and then I will, through each region, give out the final results because I've got the numbers. The only thing missing right now are the votes from myself and Tom Canterbury. So shall we begin, Tom? Yes, and, I, and and just so everyone knows, I have not been told those results as they stand right now. I've seen the fan vote, obviously, from what's on Twitter, but I, I don't know if my vote is going to be breaking a tie or anything like that at this point. Yeah, only I know that, which is why I will be going first for these, so that there is no bias or anything like that when I'm making some of these picks. If it came down to a 3-3 three to three tie and I was looking at it, then I could just pick who I like better, and that's not how it should go. So, let's uh, let's dive in first to the Kretschmann region, the one versus the eight. Kelly Kretschmann, the number one overall seed in this tournament, versus the eight seed, Cassie Riley-Bosha. Tom, we'll break down this matchup first. Cassie Riley-Bosha was the last person in this field, and I feel like we did her a bit of a disservice, because as I was going through her career stats, she really was a huge part of the Alabama offense, and was just a major facilitator in the lineup all four years she played for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, she really was. And that's part of the the part of this whole thing that's been so amazing is that how deep this tournament is when Cassie Raleigh-Bosha is the last one in, you know, there's some really great players in there. But yeah, she was very vital and, and extremely important for uh, her entire four years, including the national championship year. And as I said, she's literally written books about it. Yeah. However... Kelly Crutchman. (laughs) Kelly Crutchman, four-time All-American, first team twice, four-time All-SEC, first team three times, first in Alabama history in career, slugging percentage, hits, doubles, triples, home runs, top three also in batting average OBP and walks. She holds like every single single season record there could be. It's hard not to pick her. She's number one for a reason. My vote for this matchup goes to the number one seed, Kelly Kretschmann. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Kretsch as well. And one of the most amazing things about her is I know this is, we're talking about her career at Alabama, and that's what everything is based on. But you take a look at it, gold medals, Team USA, and was playing at an MVP level in professional softball up until a couple of years ago, almost two decades after she was done at the Capstone. So just an amazing career. Amazing softball player, and I agree. I'll go with Kretschmann in this matchup as well. I know we want to save some stuff for later on, but, you know, Tom, there have been a lot of great players in SEC history, and yet Kelly Kretschmann is still in the top five in the following SEC career categories. Batting average, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, career runs scored, she's first, hits and doubles. I mean, it's insane. She's very good. She's very quite good. Yes, so we both give our votes to Kelly Crush, and we'll let you know how that one goes once we get through the region. The 4-5 matchup was also pretty tight. So you had Ashley Courtney, 2002-05, versus Lacey Prejean, 2000-03. And I know on Twitter, this had some uh, high-profile endorsements because Coach Glasgow at Louisiana, where Lacey Prejean is an assistant, publicly endorsed Lacey about three minutes after the poll came on. This one uh, has been interesting and a little tough for me to vote on because both of these players have accolades, but in kind of different ways. You look at a couple really strong, isolated seasons for Ashley Courtney versus Lacey Prejean, who's really consistent throughout her career. Yeah, this was, this was one of the tougher matchups uh, that I had a problem picking as well. These were two outstanding players and somewhat similar. So we'll, we'll see how the, the final rankings will go. Yeah, my vote is going to Ashley Courtney. Two-time All-American, that's a big one. Lacey Prejean never quite reached All-American status. And also, Ashley Courtney was just really consistent throughout her career. Above 400 every season, OBP. She had a solid fielding percentage every time she was uh, in the field for the Crimson Tide. She had a good batting average, especially in those 02 and 05 seasons when she reached All-American status. All the respect to Lacey Prejean, who had an incredible career and was a great catcher. But Ashley Courtney gets my vote. Some of this might be a little bit, for me, Gray, a little bit of the uh, personal bias that I have just because Lacey was one of the main leaders of the team when I was producing the the Alabama softball broadcast on the college radio station when I was an undergrad. Uh, so I'm going to give my vote in a tough one. I'm going to go with Lacey Prejean. Mm. This was, that was really hard. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're so similar in a lot of different ways. I, I gave Courtney the nod also because she was more of a difference maker offensively. But, I mean, Lacey Prejean was all SEC every year of her career. So it's it's hard to argue right. with the pick. You're not wrong either way, really. Exactly. That, and that's the thing, like, you know, when in the NCAA basketball tournament, it's always those eight, nine matchups that seem to be some of the best games of the entire tournament. We're going to see those a lot of the years with these four or five matchups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to the 3-6 in the Kretschmann region. The three-seed Stephanie Van Brakel versus the six-seed Ginger Jones. Now, Stephanie Van Brakel got very involved on Twitter, including a comment that said, where are my hitting stats? So, no. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give some of those. She's uh, got six home runs in the postseason in her Alabama career. That's tied for third. Also was fourth in postseason walks. 
And, uh, you know, pitching-wise was really good as well in the postseason. <laughs> I mean, her career was full of accolades. She was pitcher of the year in 06, freshman of the year in 03, SEC tournament MVP in 05. She was first-team All-SEC twice. She was a second-team All-American choice twice. Ginger Jones had a great career as well. But, I mean, it's hard to argue with all of the awards that Stephanie Van Brakel was able to rack up, so she gets my vote. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'll go with Steph there. I think a little bit is going to be because Ginger was one of the, basically the OGs of Alabama softball, uh, so there might not be quite as much familiarity with what she was, uh, how impressive she was as a player. Uh, no slight to her, but I'm going to go with Steph as well. All right, the final matchup in the Kretschmann region, the 2-7 Jackie McLean, the two seed, versus the seven seed, Kendall Dawson. Now, this was one of the big upsets on the fan vote on Twitter. Kendall Dawson, the seven seed, got 62.4% of the vote with 279 people voting in, which is one of the higher numbers we saw. And a lot of people really liked what she did throughout her career. And, you know, a lot of her leadership was what made her so popular and so famous amongst Alabama circles. However... It's hard to argue against a four-time All-American and a four-time first-team All-SEC player in Jackie McLean. So as much as I love Kendall Dawson and I respect the heck out of her, Jackie McLean gets my vote. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going to go with McLean as well. I, a lot of this, and when you're sitting with the fan vote, and it's not, I'm not saying it's wrong or anything, is that you're going to see players that were on that 2012 national championship team kind of get benefits of the doubt in these in these close matchups uh and maybe rightfully so but they're just gonna be it was such a popular team not just because they were able to win the national championship but each player was so had such quality as far as their on the field as well as their off the field play uh so i I can understand how kendall dawson won this uh fan vote but i'm gonna agree i I gotta go with the uh, four-time all-american Okay, so the results are in for the Kretschmann region. Let's see who's moving on. In the 1-8 matchup, a 7-0 decisive victory for Kelly Kretschmann. Not a huge surprise. Big props again to Cassie riley Bosha, but even she kind of knew it because she immediately tweeted, thanks, it's an honor to be here, but I'm going to lose to Kelly Kretschmann. (laughs) (laughs) She went ahead and conceded early on, but we we appreciate her. Yeah, 74.1% of the fan vote went to Kelly Kretschmann. The 4-5 matchup. The victory goes to the five seed Lacey Prejean over the four seed Ashley Courtney five to two, so a bit of an upset there. Wow! Yeah, so uh, Prejean gets sixty point two percent of the fan vote. Another sweep, Stephanie Van Brakel takes it seven nothing over Ginger Jones in the three six, and Jackie McLean, despite the fan vote going to Dawson, defeats the seven seed Kendall Dawson five to two. And uh, by the way, that Van Brakel Jones fan vote was a ninety-four point two percent of the vote going to Stephanie Van Brakel. Oh, that's one of one of the bigger blowouts. Some of it might have been Ginger Jones a little bit uh, hamstrung by the fact she apparently doesn't have Twitter. Yeah, I know that was uh, that was something else that was really interesting to track. Who did have Twitter? Who had a Twitter but hadn't tweeted since like twenty fifteen? Uh, right. Looking at a couple folks that we're going to talk about later on. <laughs> that didn't help their cases. But either way, we've got the Sweet 16 now in the Kretschmann region. It will be the one seed Kelly Kretschmann versus the five seed Lacey Prejean and the three seed Stephanie Van Brakel versus the two seed Jackie McLean, which is, I think, about what we expected. It is, and boy, that, that McLean-Van uh, Brakel matchup is going to be off the charts. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see how we vote on that one because 
I want to find video footage now. We need to text Alabama's fearless leader, Patrick Murphy, and see if he has any old tape of Jackie McLean and Stephanie Van Brakel that we can watch and just try and break it down and see who we want to go into the Elite Eight. Should be fun. Yeah, if, if he doesn't have it, I have a pretty good feeling that one Allison Habits has it somewhere. <laughs> She's got cases and cases of yeah. DVDs that I'm sure we can watch. Okay, let's uh, let's go on to the Morgan region, the Charlotte Morgan region. Charlotte Morgan, the number one seed in this section, the number four overall seed. She opened up with Lauren Parker, now Lauren Sanders, who was very vocal and got a lot of support on Twitter. This was a very tight fan vote, and I believe, yes, the most uh, votes totaled of any of the polls. So, Tom, I respect Lauren Parker a lot, and again, another player that, as I was going through her career stats, even though she was only here for three years, I was thinking, dang, <laughs> and she's an eight seed. Um, yeah. But how do you argue against Charlotte Morgan, who, very similar to a lot of the players we've already listed, is everywhere in the record books. First in Alabama career RBI, four-time All-SEC player, three-time All-American, SEC player of the year twice, and is uh, all up and down the SEC record books and a couple times in the NCAA record books. So Charlotte Morgan gets my vote. Yeah, I'm going to go with Charlotte as well, although, like you said, uh, impressive stats put up by Lauren Parker as part of a, the Crimson Tide. And maybe if she had had one more year at Alabama, if she not started off at Baylor, maybe she, I think she would have been much higher than an eighth seed and uh, could have gone further on. But I'm going to go with Charlotte as well. All right. So Charlotte Morgan gets both of our votes. That a Twitter fan vote, by the way, 475 votes, the most of any poll, like I mentioned. Charlotte Morgan got 57.7%. Of the vote, so the Lauren Parker stands, as I guess it's yeah. called, really showed out, which was fun to watch. Yeah, that was awesome. That is was that the closest one eight matchup as far as uh, fan vote went? Easily, easily, yeah. yeah. So props to Lauren Parker for that one. All right, the uh, the four five matchup in the Morgan region, one that we were really excited about, the four seed Bailey Hempill versus the five seed Jennifer Fenton. Now Bailey is a second-team All-American, first-team All-SEC pick last year. She was also second-team in 2018. But, I mean, a lot of the voting for Bailey is going to come down to how you view her 2019 season versus the career of Jennifer Fenton, right? Because Hemphill's 2019 set the Alabama record for single-season RBI, set the home run record for Alabama single-season long balls, including tying Mia Davidson for that year at the top in SEC single season history in home runs. She's also, I didn't even realize this, second in SEC single season history in RBI with that 2019 performance. And she's been great in the postseason, second all time in Alabama postseason on base percentage. Jennifer Fenton had a fantastic career. She too was pretty clutch in the postseason, second best batting average in Alabama history. But I'm going to project a little bit. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see Bailey Hemphill by the end of her career certainly be the all-time home run leader in Alabama history and maybe challenge Charlotte Morgan for best RBI producer for the Crimson Tide. So I'm giving Bailey Hemphill my vote. Yeah, I was looking at this matchup, and as I said in our uh, in our bracket release show last time, you know, about the, the old adage that styles make fights, and this would be the, the deal here because you have Bailey Hemphill, who's one of, if not the best power hitter, in Alabama softball history against Jennifer Fenton, who is one of, if not the best, base stealer and speed player in Alabama softball history. So it's quite an dichotomy of styles 
And I'm kind of going along with you. I think you, you have to look at Bailey Hemphill and able to project out what she's going to be able to do. Um, if, if she continues on the track that she's on, uh, she's going to be much higher than a four speed if we do this again in three or four years. Uh, so I'm going to go with Bailey Hemphill as well. But definitely a lot of props to Jim Benton. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer Fenton, just a solid career, and I wish there was another matchup for her to be in because she'd probably win it, but she's running up against a player that is, uh, and we'll give the results in a minute, but I mean, it's tough going up against a current player who's already had a great career and could still have great things on the horizon that we're trying to, I guess, project a bit, but also it's hard to not be pretty confident that Bailey Hemphill will get at least 10 home runs in 2021, right? Yeah, I, I would certainly go ahead and mark that down. That's going to happen. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the 3-6 matchup. This is Kayla Hunt, the three seed, versus Sydney Littlejohn, the six seed. Now, Sydney Littlejohn got the fan vote, 55.2%. It was pretty close, one of the closer ones that we saw. And it's also kind of hard because Sydney Littlejohn's best season, she didn't get any accolades. She was an All-American in 2016, even though in 2017 – her 1.31 ERA is, I believe, top five in Alabama single season history. So as much as I respect Kayla Hunt, and she is second in Alabama career home runs, second in RBI, two-time All-American, I think Sydney Littlejohn was a bit hampered by her circumstance, especially the fact that the Alabama offense was maybe one of the least productive Patrick Murphy's ever had in 2017. So I'm going to give Sydney Littlejohn my vote here and uh, pick a little bit of a seed upset six over three. Well, at the, at the risk of totally agreeing with you, I'm going to go along in the same manner with the same reasoning. Uh, you take a look at what Kayla Hunt did as a member of the Crimson Tide. Again, that 2012 team, uh, she had one of the biggest hits in the national championship uh, winning game for the Crimson Tide. All the props to her, but I think Sydney Littlejohn, because of those stats, Maybe a little underseated as we go along. I'm going to go with Sydney as well. The difference about Sydney Littlejohn, I'm not sure we've underseated her, but I think the seeding and the stats underrate her as a player and what she meant to yeah, Alabama probably, as a program. That's probably a little bit better way to put it, yeah. Yeah, because I think she is one of the best pitchers Patrick Murphy's ever had. She just kind of had bad luck in her career when she came around. Right. But also, you know, take a look at one of the more popular players, uh, that we've that we've ever seen in Alabama, and she does have two perfect games, which is something that uh, there's only been one other thrown there. When she did throw those two, there had only been one other thrown in Alabama softball history, and that was by her pitching coach, Stephanie Van Brakel, mm, who we've uh, already moved on to the next round. So we'll right, see if that is a uh, a harbinger for things to come. We've got one more matchup here in the Morgan region: the two versus seven, Kelsey Dunn. Versus Kaylee Tao, Kelsey Dunn, the two seed. And a lot of people on Twitter were reaching out saying, eh, why is Kelsey Dunn a two seed? And it's hard not to argue with that. Four-time All-American, four-time first-team All-SEC, SEC Pitcher of the Year twice, SEC Tournament MVP in 2010. Nine solo no-hitters, Tom. That's 24th in NCAA history. She's first in Alabama history in strikeouts. She's second in wins in the postseason in Alabama history, first in strikeouts. There are some issues with the resume that we'll probably get to when we have to nick pit a little bit more uh, as some of these 
brackets roll on, but right now the choice is pretty easy for me. All due respect to Kaylee Tao, who has had a really good career, but she hasn't been as dynamic as Kelsey Dunn was, so Kelsey Dunn gets my vote. I'll agree. I'll go with Kelsey Dunn as well. You mentioned the nine solo no-hitters. Two of those were in Super Regional play <laughs> in back-to-back games, for that's goodness crazy. sake. I mean, yeah, so that's been very impressive. Uh, Kaylee Tao, I think she has an opportunity if she has a tremendous senior season in 2021 uh, to really move up in a lot of different rankings and, and kind of, again, if we do this again three or four years from now, uh, have, a, have a possibility to have a little bit higher speed and maybe a better matchup in the first round. But uh, I'll agree with you. I'm going to go with Kelsey Dunn here. All right, so time to give the results for the Morgan region and the one versus eight. Charlotte Morgan sweeps it 7 nothing over Lauren Parker. In the four and five, Bailey Hemphill will move on pretty lopsided, actually, 6-1 over Jennifer Fenton, and Hemphill also got 66.9% of the vote in the fan vote. Wow, yeah. Well, I, that that doesn't shock me, really, because when you were taking a look at this, you know, Bailey Hemphill, more, one of the more popular players on the current team and in recent Alabama softball history, so I wasn't shocked she won the fan vote pretty easily. Okay, here we go. The three versus the six. Kayla Hunt, the three seed versus the six seed, Sydney Littlejohn. Sydney Littlejohn takes it four to three over Kayla Hunt. So Sydney Littlejohn getting the fan vote was pretty critical at 55.2%. And also I it helped that uh, the two of us picked her as well, but a barn burner with Kayla Hunt in the first round. Wow, that's a heck of a matchup. And again, you know, a different matchup with a different six seed. I think Kayla Hunt probably gets through and maybe gets through easily, but uh, it's going to get a lot of a lot of groundswell support for sure. Yeah, and so Sydney Littlejohn will face off against another pitcher in the Sweet 16. That is Kelsey Dunn, who sweeps seven nothing over Kaylee Tao. Dunn got 69 percent of the fan vote and just over 400 total votes in that poll. Strong showing from the Dunn fans out there. And so the Morgan Region Sweet 16 matchups are. One seed, Charlotte Morgan, against the four seed, Bailey Hemphill. And the six seed, Sydney Littlejohn, against the two seed, Kelsey Dunn. Wow. <laughs> they, we, we could, and they could probably both, or all four of them, get out there on the field right now. We could have a home run derby between uh, Charlotte and Bailey, and then a, a strike-throwing contest between uh, Kelsey and, and Sid, and it would be a lot of fun. I'm fascinated fascinated by the Charlotte Morgan Bailey Hemphill matchup because a lot of the records that we're more or less projecting for Bailey Hemphill are records set by Charlotte Morgan. So how does that factor into the voting, not just for us, but for the fans and also the rest of the committee? I'm very intrigued to see how this one goes down. I am too. All right, let's move on to the McClenny region, the number two overall seed in this bracket, the Bama U bracket for 2020, as we try and find the best Alabama softball player of all time. And the number one seed in the McClenny region is, of course, Haley McClenny going up against Demi Turner. And, Tom, we talked a lot about this matchup. My vote's going to Haley McClenny. However, I'm glad that Demi Turner made the bracket, and we mentioned this in the release episode, but... Demi Turner had the potential to have a career like Haley McClenny. She just was derailed by injuries literally every single season. I think 
a lot should be taken into account of the freshman year Demi Turner had where she hit 423 and was really fantastic, 444 OBP. I also was impressed by how strong she finished her senior year. Remember in 18, she was hitting like 130 about midway through conference play and finished the year at 305, which was really strong. But it's hard to go against Haley McClunny, who was my pick coming in to potentially win this whole bracket. And, I mean, she's four-time All-SEC, four-time All-American, somehow did not win SEC Player of the Year at any point. But she's one of the best Alabama's ever had, and she's got my vote. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to go with Haley there. You take a look at that 2015 season, Demi Turner, that was my first year doing the play-by-play for Alabama softball. And I remember going to practices before the season started, and Demi Turner was sticking out at that point as a true freshman having never played yet. And you could really just see that she had the potential to be a really great player for the Crimson Tide, had that All-American freshman campaign, but then had the, the injuries that derailed her from being able to be well, be much higher than an eighth seed in this tournament. And then Haley McClinney that same year, part of the home run Grand Slam game against Oklahoma was the first inning when Haley McClinney made a home run ceiling grab over the center field wall and a diving catch in center field with the bases loaded for Oklahoma that would have completely changed how that game was had Haley not made those two type of plays. So, again, she, she was making those type of plays all the time, but she made them in such clutch moments. Another reason why Haley McClinney, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, Haley McClinney, I think, is going to be very tough to beat because of how good she was all around. You never had to worry when she was in center field. If there was anything out in that general vicinity, you knew she was going to make the play. And not very many Alabama defenders can say that, frankly, throughout history. You take a look at it. She, I got in trouble one time for saying that I thought Alyssa Brown made a play that I didn't think Haley McClinney could make. <laughs> Which and it was, I was I was like pitches and uh, or torches and pitchforks were out after me for saying for for even inclinating that might be a possibility. Uh, so yeah, it is just amazing what she was able to do in center field. All right, let's move on to the four five matchup here in the McClinney region. Four seed Chrissy Owens versus the five seed Amanda Locke. This was pretty lopsided in the fan vote. Not too surprising considering the popularity of Amanda Locke on that 2012 national championship team. But I think Chrissy Owens is really underrated here. Yeah, she's a one-time All-American, only second team All-SEC in 2007. But 06, she had a .680 RA in 154 innings. That's best in Alabama single season history. She had 11 saves in 2005, best in Alabama single season history and second best in SEC history. And she's also sixth in NCAA history in career saves. She's got the best career ERA for the Crimson Tide ever. Uh, she's got a no-hitter. I just It's hard for me to go against Chrissy Owens because I feel like a lot of people just don't understand how good she was during her career and some of the numbers that she was able to put up. So my vote goes to the four seed Chrissy Owens. Yeah, this is one where the fans might come after us because we're both going against what was a pretty lopsided fan vote. I'm also going to pick Chrissy Owens here as well. Uh, The only thing that would give me some sort of a pause on doing that is because you take a look at what offenses were in the entire sport of college softball during 
the time when Chrissy Owens played, they weren't quite as potent as they are now. So some of those ERA numbers and things like that might be slightly skewed because of the ability of the offenses that she was playing against. And then, you know, how great Amanda Locke was during her career as a member of the Crimson Tide, including, you know, being such a big force in that 2012 World Series as a whole. But I'm going to go with Christy Owens as well. It's hard to argue with Amanda Locke. She had some clutch moments, especially in 2012, which was offensively her best season. She also pitched as well. That wasn't a huge part of her game. But again, I think Chrissy Owens a little bit of disrespect so I'm giving the vote to Chrissy Owens. All right, let's uh, let's go to the 3-6 matchup here in the McClenny region. The 3-seed Alexis Osorio against the 6-seed Ashley Holcomb. Now, a lot of people on Twitter, even though Alexis Osorio got the fan vote 77.8%, a lot of people were in the mentions of that out-of-the-box underscore pod saying, hey, uh, Ashley Holcomb's one of the best catchers we ever had, including Tom Stephanie Van Brakel Prothrow. Yeah, the the story that she's told us, and she also mentioned on Twitter, talking about the rocket arm of Ashley Holcomb, including one time that uh, after warm-ups and a throw down to second base, when uh, Steph didn't get out of the way or Holcomb was misfired it, and I got her right in the back. And, (laughs) (laughs) And something that Steph still feels, even though uh, she was still able to beat Florida in that game. So I'll, I enjoy any uh, story that includes beating Florida. So uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, catcher that Alabama's ever had. And Ashley Holcomb, this is a tough matchup and a tough call. Yeah, it is, but in a way it's not for me because there was one thing that I was looking specifically at for a lot of these matchups and these players, and it was how they did when it mattered most, and that's the postseason. And Alexis Osorio has the second best ERA in Alabama postseason history, 1.37. The best opponent batting average in postseason history, Tom, 0.136. That's insane. She's ridiculous. Third all-time in Alabama career strikeouts, first in career OBA, three-time All-SEC, two-time All-American, 2015 SEC Freshman of the Year, got robbed of National Freshman of the Year, and I get to read my favorite stat of all time. Alexis Osorio in regional play. 51 and a third innings pitched, one earned run. (laughs) So she gets my vote. And I think we mentioned this a little bit in the bracket reveal that we some of the players that I and that we have seen actually play and have called and covered their games for most, if not all, their career. We're going to see a lot of the greatness of them, but we'll also see what some of their pitfalls were. And Alexis Osorio, after having such a great freshman and sophomore year, tailed off a little bit, a lot of that because of injury, uh, but had had an issue with loss. Maybe one of the reasons why the the batting average was so low is because sometimes she was putting people on. you know, she would load the bases, but then strike out three in a row, and it'd be fine. I understand there was a lot of that, uh, but maybe I was a little bit swayed by uh, people in the mentions, as you talked about. I'm actually going to go with Ashley Holcomb. Whoa, Tom, going against the grain. Yeah, a little bit. And again, this is no no slight, and none of these are any slights to anybody that doesn't don't advance or uh, that I'm not picking. But uh, love Lex and what she was able to do. Uh, but I saw some, and, and I've heard so much more about what Ashley Holcomb did as the catcher for the Crimson Tide. 
I'm going to stick with Ashley. All right, so Tom is voting the six over the three. Let's go to the two seven, which features another catcher and another couple of good friends of ours. The two seed, Caleb Bro versus the seven seed, Reagan Dykes. Now, again, this one, I think we underrated Caleb Bro a little bit. On all of our selection ballots, Caleb Bro was pretty safely a two seed across the board. Never really challenged for anything lower or higher. People just viewed her as right there on the two line. And I can't believe some of the things that she did in her career. Uh, she was amazing. I mean, three-time All-American, four-time All-SEC, SEC Freshman of the Year in 2010. She's second in career batting average, third in career OBP, second in hits. That's in Alabama history. Okay, forget that. Let's go to SEC history. <laughs> She's fourth in career batting average, seventh in career OBP, third in career runs scored, seventh in career hits, fourth in career stolen bases, and don't forget that 505 average that she had as a freshman in 2010, which is, oh, by the way, the best in Alabama single-season history and second best in SEC single-season history. So all of a sudden, Caleb Rowe is my dark horse to maybe win the whole darn thing, and I'm picking her to win this first round against Reagan Dykes. And she's the only person in this bracket who we sat in a, uh, a boardroom with in Clearwater for Broadcast of Palooza. Yes. Exactly. No one else joined us. No one else joined us. <laughs> Caleb Rowe gets gets an extra third of a point because of that. <laughs> and again, you take a look at what Reagan Dykes was able to do. You know, I don't think Alabama makes the run at you know finishing third in the World Series last year uh, without what Reagan Dykes provided, not just on the field but off the field, or her leadership and everything that she was able to do from the catcher's position. I think the one thing that made me pick Kayla pretty easily in this matchup overall was that we did see Reagan Dykes go into some pretty significant offensive slumps yeah. at times. She was a steady hand behind the plate, and sometimes that's much more important. Uh, but there were some of those offensive slumps. Kayla Bro doesn't know what a slump is. She could get on base whenever she wanted at any time. So I'm going to go with Kayla Bro. Yeah, I, all the respect in the world to Reagan Dykes. Donna Dykes, please do not come after us. But- oh, no. It's hard to argue with the numbers, and Caleb Rowe offensively was just remarkable in her career, and also you know pretty good in the field herself. She patrolled the outfield uh, just as good as anybody in Alabama history, and wasn't an outfielder when she came here, right? So that uh, that says something about Caleb Rowe's ability to move around the diamond. All right, let's uh, let's give the results from the McClenney region. The number one seed, Haley McClenney, does move on. She got ninety point nine percent of the fan vote. She sweeps Demi Turner seven nothing. The 4-5 matchup, Tom, the fan vote went to Amanda Locke, as we mentioned, 83.8%. And Amanda Locke, the 5 seed, just squeaks past Chrissy Owens, 4-3. Wow. So the fan uh, vote comes up big right there. That's what I'm saying. You know, the fan vote gets two votes. Uh, the committees and everybody else is one vote. So those are those times when those uh, the tiebreaker will go to the fan vote. So uh, good job for the fans. We appreciate everybody voting. Absolutely, and the fan vote uh, will play a factor, I'm sure, in a couple other matchups because there are some more tight ones coming up in this bracket. Alexis Osorio beats Ashley Holcomb 6-1. Osorio got 77.8% of the fan vote. Tom, the lone vote for Ashley Holcomb, but again, I think we all agree that Ashley Holcomb had a great career for the Crimson Tide. I I am shocked I was the only one that picked Ashley Holcomb. Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to the other committee members. They just sent me their votes, but... I'm sure that that was a 
that was a hard choice for a couple people. Sure. And, uh, and I'll have no problem voting for Lexi moving on, depending on how the matchups go. I just, you know, I just thought that particular matchup would go to Holcomb. Hmm. All right, the uh, the winner of a 2-7 game, the Caleb Rowe-Reagan Dykes matchup in the McClenney region goes to Caleb Rowe via the sweep, 7-0. She got 71.8% of the fan vote. And so that means your McClenney region Sweet 16 matchups the one seed Haley McClenney versus the five seed Amanda Locke and the three seed Alexis Osorio against the two seed Kayla Bro. And obviously the two three game right there is what really jumps out. I was going to say, I am fascinated to see how uh, the committee especially is going to vote on this one. And, and the fans. I mean, Alexis yeah. Osorio is more popular for playing reasons recently. But Kayla Bro is everywhere. I mean, <laughs> yes. everywhere right now. And also, if any you know certain media folks from our friends at the Seven Innings Podcast get involved and maybe provide an endorsement for Kayla Bro, how much does that carry her? We don't know. Wow, this is, is going to be a lot of fun. This the Sweet Sixteen. All right, let's go to the final region, the Trainer region. Jackie Trainer, the number one seed, the number three overall seed in the tournament. And uh, boy, this was this was a lopsided fan vote. <laughs> Jackie Trana got ninety seven point nine percent of the voting against the eight seed Jordan Prater, who, to her defense, does not have a Twitter apparently, which <laughs> didn't help. But uh, right. yeah, I'm gonna side with the fans on this one. I do think that this is going to get a bit dicey later on because. Jackie Traina had a great 2012. We all know that. She led Alabama to the national championship. She's a four-time All-American. Only two-time All-SEC, which doesn't make sense. But she's a four-time All-American. However, her career numbers in terms of pitching stats versus a lot of the other pitchers aren't quite there. So I'm interested to see how long just her being the 2012 pitcher that she was carries her in this bracket. I think it should carry her through the first couple rounds. We'll see if that proves true. But uh, I think that'll be fascinating to watch. She does get my vote, though, here in the first round. Yeah, I'm going to go with the J-Train as well. Again, a, a great career in the, for Jordan Prater, but just ran up against a, a buzzsaw here with the J-Train <laughs> in the first round. And as I said in the uh, in the earlier episode, that Jackie Train uh, may be the most popular Alabama softball player of all time. You know, you, you lead a team to a national championship, that's going to take you a long way. Uh, so we'll see what happens as we move forward. Yeah, a little bit of love to Jordan Prater, three-time All-SEC, and she does have the third-best OBP in postseason history for Alabama at 491. So she made an impact in her career, but like you said, just ran up against a juggernaut in the first round of Jackie Traina. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's what happened to a lot of teams when they played against Jackie Traina as well, just a juggernaut. <laughs> right on the money right there. All right, the 4-5 matchup. Oh, man, this one, again, it's another juicy 4-5. The 4-seed, Kelly Montalvo, versus the 5-seed, Montana Fouts. I I'm I honestly still don't know who I'm going to pick here. It's so hard because how do we judge Montana Fouts? She had one really great full season. If you look at 2020... She was not pitching well. It was pretty subpar by her standards. She was only 3-3 three and three on the year with an over-2 ERA, which is like All-American level for you know some schools, but that's a disappointment for Montana Fouts. <laughs> well, and, and then a lot of this, too, is how, how are you – are you just 
looking at what she's done or are you able to project out, you know, how we do this? Again, if, if we do this again in four or five years, I'm projecting to where Montana Faust might be a one seed. Yeah, you know, I, I think she has that capability. Um, so that, I think that just depends on how you're looking at it. I'm, I'm struggling here. The, the other thing is, too, with Kelly Montalvo is that a lot of her stats where she really separated herself is how great of a third baseman she was. There was a lot of defensive stats that don't necessarily get the love that the offensive stats do. That being said, she was good at the plate. Nothing, you know, and had one of the, the fifth best slugging percentage in Alabama postseason history. So not only was she good at the plate, she was clutch at the plate. So it's, it's, it's a, oh, it's, this is a tough one. Oh my gosh, Tom. Okay. I'm going to go with Montana Fouts, and a bit of it is projecting. A bit of it also might be recency bias, just being honest, because I cannot get out of my head her performances in the Women's College World Series last year. And I know that we're going to see three more years of that. You know, hopefully maybe this break that we're having with the 2020 season being canceled was just the, you know, kick that she needed to get back into her regular rhythm and get ready to go for the rest of her career. I think she's going to be a one or two seed if we did this again in five or ten years. All the respect to Kelly Montalvo, one of the best third basemen the Alabama program's ever seen, one of the best in SEC history. But I've got to give the edge to Montana Fouts right here, but very close. This was the hardest one for me, easily. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Montana as well. Again, there's a little bit of, we've seen it. We've seen what she's been able to do. She can single-handedly dominate games, uh, single-handedly win games for the Crimson Tide. And like like I said, I think we do this again in five years. Montana Fouts will be a one seed, having led Alabama to another national championship at some point during her career at the Capstone. So, uh, as awesome as Kelly Montalvo is, yeah, she, this might be the only five seed that could beat her <laughs> that we have. Yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Montana Fouts as well. Yeah, that's that was hard. That was really hard. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Okay, let's go on to the three six matchup. We've got Shelly Laird against Whitney Larson. This was the closest fan vote we got. So Whitney Larson, the six seed, got fifty four point six percent of the vote and I mean there's there's reasoning behind that Whitney Larson one of the best RBI producers in Alabama history third in career RBI she had 65 in 2011 she's an All-American that year two-time All-SEC player she has the third most ribbies in postseason history for the Crimson Tide I mean you know there are stats that back up the selection of Whitney Larson however how can you go against the OG pitching goat and Shelly Laird, two-time All-American, four-time All-SEC, first in wins, second in career ERA, first in complete games, first in shutouts in Alabama history, and then she's all over the place in SEC history and career numbers, including fifth in career wins. And oh, by the way, she had a 1.09 ERA in the postseason, best ever for Alabama. So Shelly Laird gets my vote, and... You know, a, a lot of respect to Whitney Larson as well. Obviously, she's popular amongst the fans, but I think Shelly Laird deserves a lot more respect from the voters on Twitter. I agree that Shelly Laird deserves all the respect in the world, but I am going to agree with the Twitter fans, and Whoa. I am going to go with Whitney Larson. This was one of those where it was a, you know, the dichotomy of styles. You have the pitcher against the hitter, and the fact, maybe the maybe the deciding factor for me was Whitney Larson being such a great flag football player. I'm not sure what it was, 
but I'm going to go with Whitney. Wow. Okay. We'll see what that does for the results. Let's uh, let's go to the final first round matchup. We will cover the two seed Brittany Rogers against the seven seed Leona Lafayette. Another matchup where the uh, two seed Brittany Rogers apparently doesn't have Twitter. I've tried to find her. I could not. And Leona Lafayette has a Twitter. Has I believe five followers and hasn't tweeted since 2017. So the fan vote was literally up to the fans. It's probably a reason it had the lowest vote total of anyone also because of the shorter voting window with it starting at noon on Friday. But I got to go with Brittany Rogers. As much as I love Leona, we talked about this in the selection podcast. Leona Lafayette doesn't have the stats that probably would put a player on this bracket or would even put a player at a seven seed. Brittany Rogers has one seed stats and as much as I respect the career that Leona Lafayette had, her 2016 year was special. Brittany Rogers was special every year she was playing for Alabama. Four-time All-American, four-time first-team All-SEC. She leads like every list ever in stolen bases and hits. And, I mean, she's all over the record books for SEC, Alabama, and the NCAA. So Brittany Rogers gets my vote. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Brittany Rogers as well. And kind of like what we talked about this she is part of that tradition of the Alabama center fielder uh, that can patrol the outfield and take take hits away. So I think some of her, maybe her stats don't even show how good she was uh, overall when she was a five, six-tool player. Um, the thing with Leona, kind of similar to Reagan Dykes, is that as, as solid as she was in the field, and she was a tremendous first baseman for Alabama, despite the fact that she wasn't a first baseman when she got to Tuscaloosa. Um, she had some great offensive numbers and times, but there were times where she went into some pretty pretty tough slumps offensively as well for the Crimson Tide, and Brittany Rogers, very little slumpage going on with her, so I'll <laughs> go with Brittany there as well. Yeah, a uh, little slumpage for Brittany Rogers. Do you know what her worst batting average was in her Alabama career? I do not. What was it? 381 in 2009 as a senior. How did she not get cut from the team? I don't know. How about her worst on-base percentage? Are you ready for this one? .426 in 2007. <laughs> I mean, just wow. It's That's yeah. that's really good. Brittany Rogers uh, gets both of our votes. And so that means we've got results for the trainer region. The 1-8 matchup, Jackie Traina sweeps it 7-0, probably as expected. We'll see, though, how she does in the next round against Montana Fouts, a 5-2 victory over Kelly Montalvo. So we've got that 1-5 versus Traina versus Fouts matchup we were hoping for in the Sweet 16, Tom. Oh, my gosh. And, and again, we'll see what the criteria are for each individual uh, committee member and the fans, if they're going to go with a full career for Montana Faust, a projected out, or if it's just going to be based on the one season as opposed to a, a full uh, four years of Jackie Trina. The fan vote is going to be fascinating for that yeah. one. You have, you know, it's probably a, a tie to whether you're a fan of the pitcher or the fan of the hitter on who the most popular player is on the current team between Montana and Bailey. And then, as I said, Jackie Traina, probably the most popular Alabama softball player of all time. Now, that being said, I would like to point out before we give the rest of the results, Montana Fouts had a substantial lead in the fan vote on Kelly Montalvo. I mean, I looked last night, and it was like 78% to 22%. 
It closed at 60.2% to Montana Fouts, so a lot of late movement to Kelly Montalvo. I wonder if that's a sign of things to come for Montana Fouts against Trina. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right, other results. In the 3-6 matchup, Shelly Laird against Whitney Larson, and the three-seed Shelly Laird takes it 4-3 over Whitney Larson. It was it was dicey. The fan vote went to Larson, fifty four point six percent, as we mentioned earlier. But the committee, including myself, went with Shelley Laird. So, so me and the fans got got voted off, voted out on that one. Yeah. I, hey, you know the fans yeah. have uh, have not been wrong a lot, except a couple times. But that is yeah. uh, that's one of the spots. And then the final one. Brittany Rogers, a 7-0 sweep over Leona Lafayette, which sets up a 2-3 matchup between Brittany Rogers and Shelly Laird. You would think Rogers would be able to take this one pretty easily, but Shelly Laird, again, has that OG factor, and she is everywhere in the Alabama record books. I think the fan vote will be interesting here, and you know maybe if Shelly Laird decides to tweet for the first time since 2018, now would be a great time to get that going again. <laughs> If anyone knows Shelly, give her a call. Let her know. Get that Twitter fired up. Okay, so let's go over the full bracket. In the Kretschmann region, moving on to the Sweet 16, the one seed Kelly Kretschmann against the five seed Lacey Prejean, the three seed Stephanie Van Brakel against the two seed Jackie McLean. In the Morgan region, the one seed Charlotte Morgan against the four seed Bailey Hemphill and the six seed Sydney Littlejohn against the two seed Kelsey Dunn. In the McClenney region, it's the one seed Haley McClenney versus the five seed Amanda Locke and the three seed Alexis Osorio against the two seed Kayla Bro. And finally, the Trainer region, one seed Jackie Trainer against five seed Montana Fouts and three seed Shelly Laird against the two seed Brittany. Rogers. So a couple of seed upsets, Tom. What else jumps out at you, and uh, do do you see any potential upsets out of those matchups? I'm just I'm fascinated to see how the Morgan uh, region as a whole is gonna is gonna work itself out because you have the two great hitters and the two great pitchers facing off, and so that that one I think has the capability. That's still anybody's region. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Fascinated by that. Obviously, as we talked about, the fan vote between Montana Fouts and Jackie Traina will be interesting. I do wonder how the fan vote looks between Haley McClenney and Amanda Locke. I am anticipating a McClenney fan vote win because of how popular she is right now and was during her career. However, Amanda Locke dominated the fan vote against Chrissy Owens, and she's pretty popular as well. So I, I think how she does against McClenney could be a little bit of a roadmap for how other players could do on Twitter in that vote against Haley McClinney if they face her later on in the bracket. I, I think definitely so. And that's this whole thing, and one thing it has shown me is that there are a lot of players in Alabama softball history who have the ability to be a one seed in this type of a tournament. There, there, we had a lot more than four number one seeds that, that could have been there without any argument. Uh, to be had so and you take a look at the depth of this entire thing it's still you know you, you, when, when we first started looking at it well I thought well it's going to be obvious that there's going to be these three players or these four players but now that we're kind of getting into it and looking it's becoming a little bit more wide open than I thought it was going to be yeah and you know what's interesting I, I touched on it a bit earlier but 
when we have some of these one versus twos, one versus threes, elite eight matchups that we're going to get next week, we're going to have to dive into the, okay, why am I not picking this player part of it, which is going to be really hard because there aren't a lot of things that these folks did in their careers that would lead to them not being selected in a matchup, but that's going to be the only difference between some of these players. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's kind of one of our, we already had to do that a couple of times, you know, with, you know, Reagan Dykes and Leona Lafayette and, you know, my reasoning behind not picking Alexis Osoria. So there's still going to be there's going to be a lot of those where you are really nitpicking and finding something that and and even for that particular person, you know, a lot of people would kill for the stats that person had, and we're going to say, well, they were a little bit subpar. It's just it's, it's crazy. All right, so voting will open Monday for the Sweet 16 in the Kretschmann region. That'll be probably about three four o'clock. I, I've kind of liked the afternoon. I guess we'll call them tea times for these polls because they've gotten good numbers and we'll probably stick with that and then just go throughout the week up until Friday when we have our quarter finalists and those traveling to the Elite Eight in the Bama U bracket. Should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And this has just been, again, we appreciate so much the people uh, participating and getting into it and and voting and uh, listening. It's, It's kind of given you something to look forward to and and think about and uh, kind of taking your mind off of everything else going on. Absolutely. So, Tom, any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, One of my main final thoughts is that Alabama is really good at softball and they have been since the beginning. (laughs) That's well done. I hope you're you're ready to get into a couple fights next time we do this because I think we're going to have a lot of nail biters. I, I think so, too. I mean, you really look at this first round, we might have disagreed like three times total. Uh, I see that's going to change here as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, Sweet 16 will begin on Monday, and then the next couple days we'll do a region a day just like we did for the first round. Congratulations to all those moving on, to all those not. We still love you. You're still a big part of Alabama softball history. And hopefully when we do this again, we'll, uh, we'll see what the draw looks like and see if anything changes. Until then, for my partner Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Folks, keep voting. The Sweet 16 will open on Monday for the 2020 Bama U bracket. It's getting really interesting now, folks. You do not want to miss this. We'll see you next time on Out of the Box. And remember, vote at Out of the Box underscore pod. We'll see you next time.